morning. Good 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 Oh, God is good. So I, uh, I I feel really, really blessed to be standing here before you all this morning. I'm going to tell you, I did not feel blessed um, to have been called to preach this morning. So the fact that I feel blessed right now is evidence of the fact that the Holy Spirit has been present and has been moving. Um, so I just want to say thank you to, to Miss Sharice, who blessed my whole soul on this morning, um, even from the moment that I walked up and just the way that the, the Spirit used her to, to speak to me. So I'm feeling good. I hope y'all are feeling good. Amen and amen. So this weekend has been, or not just this weekend, this week has been pretty full um, for our church. There's been amazing things that have happened that I bet some of y'all don't even know about. Um, this past Thursday, I believe it was, um, our, the, the NCO program, the, the youth, I, I always wanna, they are kids, but there are also grown people there, and I'm going to not disrespect them by calling them just the kids, but the teens and youth who <laughs> were a part of that program, they did a mental health fair, and this is something that they, um, an idea that they came up with themselves, they planned it, they implemented it, they went and got funding for it. And so right up at Mandrake Park, they had it set up and you could come and they had different booths and different information about mental health. Um, and so I went on Thursday because I was like, I'm, I, I didn't think I would be able to make it and some things turned around and so I was able to go and I was so blessed. Like just to see them and to hear them, they spoke so well on the subject. Um, they were able to, to guide you through different exercises and they had games. So I'm going to lead you all through one of the things that a young man um, named Jojo, who is, I think, um, a, one of the leaders in the program, that he led me through. So you, one of the tables you could come by and um, they would lead you through a breathing exercise and a, and a body inventory. So I'm going to invite you to do this. So I'll give you the instructions and then you can close your eyes and you can do it. So you're going to close your eyes and I'm going to have you breathe in for a count of four and hold it for... Um, uh, we're going to do a count of three because I don't fully remember all the counts that he gave. Um, so we're going to hold it for a count of three and then breathe out very slowly for a count of six. So we'll do that a couple times. And then I'm going to invite you to take an inventory of, of your body. So go ahead and, and close your eyes if you would like to do that or keep them open if you feel more comfortable doing that. All right. And so now just take a, a breath in for four. One, two, three four and hold it for, for three. One, two, three. Now exhale for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. We'll do that one more time. Breathe in, deep breath for four. One, two, three, four. We'll hold it for a count of three. One, two, three, and exhale for count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And now while you are sitting and breathing deeply, just take stock of your body right now. How are your shoulders feeling? How is your back feeling? Are there places where there is tension? How did your body respond to the sound of the ambulance? Be 
can begin to breathe into those places and release that tension. Now I invite you to open your eyes. So if you are anything like me, that breathing exercise told you a little bit more about the state of your mind than you may have expected it to. So when I walked up to the, the booth, right, I was in such a good mood. Um, I was making progress on this chapter, which I turned in a chapter of my dissertation, y'all, amen, and hallelujah, glory to God. But I was making progress. Um, I had just finished talking to the Lord because I had a whole lot to do. You notice I'm, I'm preaching today. So there was a sermon that also had to be written. Mind you, I said it was Thursday. Um, so, um, you know, but I was feeling good. I just talked to the Lord about it. I was feeling like, okay, God, you got me. We're, I'm going to see the kids and they're doing this awesome thing. And I walk up and their faces are smiling. And so I'm feeling good. I didn't feel like I was stressed. I didn't feel like I was in a great mood. And I sat down. And Mr. Jojo led me through that breathing exercise. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, apparently I was holding a whole lot in my shoulders because I felt my shoulders just sort of drop. And I felt tension released from my body that I did not realize I was carrying. My body told me something about the state of my mind that I had no idea. So some of us are carrying some stuff. These are crazy times. Many of us are walking around holding on to tension, holding on to stress. We ruminate over and over again on um, what's going on in the world. We are constantly being bombarded with bad news, like just legit bad news. It's not, I, I can't tell you like, oh, but it's, no, it's, it just kind of sucks. I felt like I was in a great mood. I felt like I was walking and feeling confident and secure and my God, I was doing all of the things. It was all right. I was going to write. It was good. I felt okay. And my body told me that that was not the truth. Many of us, many of you perhaps feel okay. And maybe your body in that moment told you that that was not the case. Maybe you didn't need your body to tell you that because you walked in here knowing like, no, no, I'm real clear that I'm holding on to some tension and some stress and some anxiety. We are carrying a whole lot of stuff. I thought I was doing all right. In fact, if you had said to me, Pastor Michelle, I think you, you, you seem like you need to calm down and relax today. I'm like, what? what? I'm good. I'm in a, I'm amazing. I thought I was doing all right, but as Dr. Um, Bessel Vander, oh, is it Bessel? Yes, Vander Kolk, you know, the author of a book called The Body Keeps Score, as he writes, our bodies, in fact, do keep score. They hold on to it. They tell us the truth about where, about where we are. So the title of my sermon this morning was going to be, What is Your Standing? But very late in the midnight hour, more like, in the, is that the sun rising hour? Um, I felt like the sermon had taken a turn in a very different direction than I thought it was gonna go in. Uh, and so a more fitting title um, this morning is where is your faith? And that's not a question of, uh, of judgment or condemnation. Where is your faith? No, where is your faith? So our text this morning is John 8, verses 31 to 36, and you can turn there now. Um, and I invite those of you who are able to stand for the reading of God's word. 
So I'll read for us from the NIV translation, beginning with verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no placement in the family, but a son belongs to, to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So for some context um, to this passage, and you can have a seat. Jesus uh, is in Jerusalem for the, the, fest the, the Feast of Tabernacles. And so um, the Feast of Tabernacle was one of three. It was the last of three pilgrimage feasts that happened um, throughout the year uh, in which people from out the diaspora would come to Jerusalem to worship. So the first of those was Passover, and then that was followed by Pentecost. Jewish men were required during these feasts to go to the temple and worship. And so it's likely, uh, given the fact that Jesus grew, grew up and was uh, a part of a family that was, were devout Jewish people, that he would have gone throughout his life, he would have grown up going three times a year to the temple in Jerusalem. Um, it's also likely, and we can see this in the text, that Jesus, um, during his ministry, likely observed that. You know, all those parts in the gospel where you, you hear Jesus saying um, he, he needed to go up to, to pray, he needed to go up to Jerusalem. Those seem to follow the, the pattern of these festivals. Um, and so Jesus had a habit, again, of going up to the temple, um, and he would preach and he would teach in the area. And so that is what is happening. Jesus is in, uh, sort of in the temple courts, and he is preaching and he is talking, and this is the backdrop for, these, uh, for this verse, for these verses. It's actually the backdrop for chapter 7 through 9. And it's important to understand this because it gives us a sense of who Jesus is talking to. These are the faithful. It's not 100%, um, we're not 100% certain how closely people recognize that call to go, for the men to go to the temple and worship. But these are the people who have gone up, right? These are the ones who heeded the call. They have gone up. They are in the temple to pray, honoring this time, this festival that was set aside by the Lord. So Jesus is talking to the faithful. In the verses leading up to our passage today, Jesus is preaching in the temple courts and he's, again, testifying to the people about who he is. He's being really um, forthright about, about who he is and who has sent him and what he has come to do. And so he's testifying about his identity as a Messiah to this group of Jewish men. In verse 28, he says, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. So when we pick up in our passage, Jesus is talking to those who have heard all the stuff he was saying, right? We're in chapter eight. He started talking in chapter seven. These are people who have been listening to him. They've heard what he has said and they believed him. And that's an important point. 
He's not talking now to the religious leaders who's, um, who are questioning him just to sort of catch him up and, and trick him, right? We've seen that happen throughout the text where the Pharisees show up and they ask him a question because the point is to trip him up. That's not what's happening. And the people who he had been talking to earlier who kind of were like, eh, mm, that's not for me. They, they've already left. They're gone. The people who he is talking to now are those who heard what he said and they believed him. This faithful group of people who have come to honor this feast, this, this religious ceremony, they have come to the temple to worship and to pray. They listened to Jesus. Our text this morning says they believed him. This is who he's talking to. And this is the group of men who to his statement, that if they, if they follow his commands, they will be his true disciples, and then they will know truth, and the truth will make, make them free or set them free. This group of people, their question to him is, wait, wait, what? What do you mean we'll be set free? We're the descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves. How could you say that we'll be made free? They're perplexed by his statement. It's a genuine question. They're not trying to trip him up. They're not asking questions to, to see what he'll do. They're not being crafty. They are genuinely perplexed. How can you say that we will be made free? We are the descendants of Abraham. Now, if you imagine these men as being like the Pharisees or the Sadducees, the religious leaders who've been trying to, to catch Jesus in something and, and arrest him, if you imagine him them being like that, it's easy to see this question and dismiss it. This is a group of people, faithful Jewish people, who clearly would know their history, right? At the very minimum, they were slaves at one point in time as a people. They had been slaves in Egypt. So what, like, what do you mean we've never been slaves? Like, uh, they know their own history. Or maybe you say, oh, perhaps the question is still crafty because what they're doing is um, they recognize that they themselves personally, yes, we recognize our ancestors have been slaves, but we have never been slaves. But the Jewish people had been an occupied people for thousands of years at this point. So this idea that they would say to him, wait, we've never been slaves, what? How can you say that you're going to make us free while we're standing on land that's occupied? We're not free right now. <laughs> right? How, how are they, why are they perplexed by the statement? See, what these men are doing, and this is really important, so I hope that you will catch it. Their, 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 their confusion at Jesus' statement is evidence of how faithful they were. See, really what they are doing, they are asserting their identity as children of God. They know their history. They know the ground that they are standing on. And what they are saying is, no, we understand the circumstances around us, but we are, we are the children, the chosen, the beloved of God. We are free. We have always been free. The circumstances may have looked different, right? But we have been made free. They would have seen themselves as asserting a faithful statement. See, they were like me before I sat down with JoJo on Thursday. Again, if you had said to me, you know what, Pastor Michelle, I think you need to trust God a little bit more. You seem like you're carrying some stuff you don't need to carry. I think you need to be a little bit more faithful. I would have smiled. And I would have thought to myself, well, bless your precious heart. And I would have explained to you how actually I am good. I literally just finished talking to the Lord. 
and giving him all of the things that I was carrying. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, I got you. I'm good. I walked up. I'm happy. I'm feeling good. But when I sat down, my body said, you know what? You might not be as good as you thought you were. Bless your precious heart. <laughs> you may have walked up really genuinely believing that thing. I was making a declaration of faith. I would have told you, you don't know what you are talking about. I know God's got me. I know how to cast my cares on the Lord. I know he cares for me and he's holding it. I know he's working it out for my good. I am good. And yet when the brother said, now take stock of your shoulders, I'm like, oh, are those lowering like that? Our bodies are sometimes more able to tell us where we really are than our mouths, than our minds. And I dare say sometimes even our hearts in these days. These men heard Jesus and they believed. These men thought that they understood fully who they were. But I submit to you that these men were like you and I, who once we receive the gift of God's grace, we look at God and say, okay, I've got my bootstraps and I'm taking it from here, Jesus. Thank you so much for all that you have done. Um, I'm going to go ahead and run the race. I'm going to do the things that I do. But don't worry, Lord, I'm going to be back as soon as I run up against something that I feel like I can't handle. Or if I do something that's wrong and I feel like I need to come back and be disciplined, I'm a, you, me and you, we're going to be checking in like this. It's just like this, just like this. I submit to you that these men were like us, where we sometimes believe that we are walking and moving and doing exactly all that we need to do and all that we are called to do and not checking in with the one who actually knows and not checking in with the one who sees us and knows our name, not checking in with the one who can say, daughter, son, did you feel your shoulders though? Daughter, son, have you taken a moment to breathe? It is not by mistake that the Psalms tell us over and over and over again to meditate on the word of God. We need to take moments where we just sit and take stock of where we are, where we listen to our bodies, where we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through our bodies and check in. Where are you, really? Where is your faith? See, these men had placed their security in their lineage. We are the descendants of Abraham. Where have you placed your security? Now, if you are like me, your first answer will be my security is in the one who holds me, right? Because we just got finished worshiping. We are, we are in church together. My security is in God. We're quick to give that answer. But when was the last time you invited the Holy Spirit to show you? What happens when things fall apart in your life and fall apart around you? How does your body respond? Because that'll tell you where your security is. That'll tell you when the thing that, is, that you have placed your security in is taken away and you have a visceral reaction. When you can feel it in your gut and in your shoulders and in your neck and in your back, that will tell you where your security is. Now, let me say this. Do not go from this place believing that what I have said is that if, if you walk around stressed out or anxious about anything, you don't know Jesus. Please, that, that is not the take-home point. <laughs> the take-home point 
is that you and I are like these men. We have heard and we believe. Jesus is speaking to us today. I know that you know me. You have heard and you have believed. And I see you and I know you and I need you to release some things. It isn't a one-time event. It should be happening moment by moment. You and I have to check in and release some things because the world is constantly giving us things that we need to release. There are constantly moments in your life, there are constantly moments in my life where what I need to do is sit down and breathe and remember again who holds my hand. I'm gonna tell you that song right now. <laughs> That's my entire life. I need to be reminded who holds me, who's keeping me, who sees me, and who knows me. I need to be informed that I'm holding stuff I wasn't meant to hold. I need to hear the Spirit convict me and let me know that I know you think you are doing right right now, but you actually need to let go of some stuff. I need to have my delusions pierced. I need to have the lies I've told myself broken down. I need to hear from the Lord. We need to sit down and check in with ourselves. God sees us and he knows us and he loves us exactly as we are. And God does not intend for us to walk around carrying the anxiety that we carry. So here's another thing that strikes me about this passage. Jesus says to them when they when they ask this question, like, what, what, what do you mean? Like we're children of Abraham. How can you how can you say we're gonna be set free? He starts to talk to them and, and link make a link between freedom and family. He tells them who they are. Anyone who sins is a slave to sin, but whom the son sets free is free indeed. A slave can't have a, a permanent place in the family, but when the son sets you free, you are free forever. You are in the family of God. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. Who is free indeed is a child of God. Who is a child of God is already in the family. Let me tell you how this struck me today. <laughs> See, we are family. That means two things. First of all, you don't have any say in, in the family. And we can probably all testify that there have been moments when we wish we had some say in who our family was. But we don't have say in who our family is, right? Like, we don't get to control that. We have very little control over that. My, my children are my children. They can feel however they want to feel about me and about us. They my babies and they're going to be my babies until they leave this earth. If they leave this earth at 102 and I'm 100 and I'm going to not tell you my age, but 100 and the age that I'll be, they will be my babies, right? They don't have any say in that. You are in the family. That means you can't put yourself out, right? You can't put yourself out. But guess what you also can't do? You can't put anybody else out. See, we're in, in, in days and in seasons. We are living in a time where often the stuff that we hold in our shoulders, the, the knots that we have in our backs, the reason why we have a crook, a persistent crook in our necks, I'm speaking of myself, um, we are in a season where much of that comes from the, the, the tensions that we have in our families. And many of you can probably testify that to that. Conversations that you have that have been painful and difficult. 
moments and interactions, people who are doing things that you wish they just would not do, conversations you just wish you didn't have to keep having, you don't want to have, you can testify to that kind of anxiety and that kind of stress. Now, here's the thing. Often with those people, with those people who are our blood family, our reaction is care, concern, maybe frustration, anger, but we know that that pulls on us emotionally because we can't detach ourselves. We feel like we are obligated to one another. And I want to say to you, you are. Now you are in a holy, godly way. We are not Jesus for, um, for anybody. So if there's some boundaries you need to set for yourself, amen, you get to set boundaries, but you pray for your family. You love your family. You constantly bring them before the Lord. But we are aware, at least, hopefully, that we should feel some kind of way, that we should have an emotional response to our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our cousins, to that uncle who is anti-vax and also thinks that wearing a mask is, is infringing on his liberties. Like, right? But, like, but we, but that's my, but that's my uncle. And so I love him. I'm, yeah. We, we, we know that. This is where you and I get misled. There's some people who are not related to us by blood, or at least we don't think they're related to us by blood. We don't share a mother, a father, a grandfather, a grandparent, right? There's some people who are not connected to us outside of the blood of Jesus, who we feel like we can just walk away from. They cause us a different kind of stress in our body. They cause us stress that causes... well. But we get to walk around feeling like I don't have to deal with them. I'm not going to have that talk. I'm not going to interact with those ideas because those people, see, that is also your family. You can't put yourself out and you can't put anyone else out. And so what do we do? We have to sit with the Lord. We have to sit with the Spirit and say, Lord, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? Where do I need to have you breathe love into my life? Where do I need to have you breathe forgiveness? Where do I need to have you bring, just breathe release into my life and breathe freedom into my life? Where do I need to hear you speak truth and what is the truth? Where have I been so bound in self-critique that I am all knotted up? And where have I been bound in self-righteousness that I am all knotted up? God, I need you to speak to me and show me myself. And so this week, I invite you to do what we did at the start of this sermon. I invite you to take moments where you sit down and breathe. I invite you to open up your Bible. Maybe you want to sit down, breathe with the Word of God on your lap and see what the Holy Spirit brings you to, what passages He might speak over you. I invite you to take stock of your shoulders and your neck and your back and your head. I invite you to take stock of the way you are sleeping or not sleeping and let that be the thing that the Spirit is able to use to show you where you really are. Where is your security? Because any place you have put your security that is not Jesus Christ is going to lead you to oscillate between one of two things, either self-condemnation or self-righteousness. Where are you really? So we're going to come to a close. And I want to lead us again in the breathing exercise that we did earlier. But this time, as you breathe in and as you breathe out, I want you to breathe in a question. Holy Spirit, show me where I am. And then I want you to breathe out, paying attention to what you hear and feel and sense.
We'll do that three times. Breathe in. Holy Spirit, show me where I am. Hold and breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out. God, I thank you for the way that you have formed us that we have been made fearfully and wonderfully in your image. I thank you that the works of your hands are wonderful. Help us to know that full well. You have not created us to hold the stuff that we hold. And yet, Lord, we confess that we have walked before you this week, often arrogantly believing that we are better than we think that we actually are. All the while holding on to stuff that we weren't meant to carry. I thank you, Lord, that you are always inviting us to come. That your throne of grace is always open. It does not matter where we are. It doesn't matter how we come. That you always receive us. I thank you that you are the God of truth and you are constantly showing us exactly who we are, that you will set us free and have made us free. I thank you, God, that you are gentle and that you don't force us into places that we aren't ready to go. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would make us ready to receive the full truth the truth of who you are, the truth of where we are, the truth of what we are holding, the truth of what we have placed our security in, the truth. And I thank you, Lord, that when we face that truth, you are with us, that we can breathe out, that we can release, that we can take another step, knowing that you are holding us. And so keep us this week Keep us this day, keep us this moment, forever held in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.